Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 519. Today's episode is brought to you by the fine folks at HelloFresh. Join me and writer Beth Kobliner as Beth presents her late parents, Shirley and Harold Kobliner's new book, So to Speak, 11,000 Expressions to Knock Your Socks Off. Shirley and Harold Kobliner developed their own passion project over the last decade of their 65 years of marriage gathering and talking about the expressions that make language so vibrant. Both career educators, they spent more than a half century nurturing and teaching children. Whether you're feeling over the moon, under the weather, in over your head, or have ants in your pants... There are well-known phrases and figures of speech to express how you feel, and often they're family-specific, generational, and geographic. What are some of the most amusing expressions we use to describe the colorful situations of our lives? Well, you're going to hear Beth and I talk about that today. Beth Kobliner and I discuss the new book, So to Speak, 11,000 Expressions That Will Knock Your Socks Off, which is an entertaining look at the expressions that have helped make our lives more fun. We talk about how the book is divided into these myriad of categories, so there's something for everyone. And we chat about the book, which has more than 25 original games that you can play with friends. Beth even plays a couple of the games with me, which is humbling (laughs) and fun. It is sure to spark conversation, laughter, and memories as we all remember where we first heard things like, mind your beeswax. (laughs) Beth Kobliner has been reporting and writing about personal finance for decades and is the author of two New York Times bestsellers, Make Your Kid a Money Genius, Even If You're Not, and Get a Financial Life, Personal Finance in Your 20s and 30s. Beth Kobliner has contributed to the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and has appeared on ABC's Good Morning America, PBS NewsHour, CNN, and NPR. Beth Kobliner's favorite gig, uh, aside from being interviewed by me, <laughs> but in reality, Beth's favorite gig was teaching Elmo the basics of saving, spending, and sharing on Sesame Street. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Beth Kobliner. Beth Gobliner, welcome to the program. Oh, it's great to be here. It's so nice to talk to you. We're going to just really get into this wonderful book by your parents, and I'm looking forward to it. The book, of course, is titled So to Speak, but I just want to make sure you're well and your family's well and everybody's doing okay with all of the uh, social distancing and and quarantine that we've been facing. Yeah, yeah, we feel very blessed. Uh, in many ways, um, there's been a lot of sadness um, uh, for for us uh, because of uh, my dad, and I know we'll get into that. But um, it's been a very wonderful time. And speaking about this book that my parents wrote, I thought it would be really sad, but it's actually been a lovely time. I feel like I've been spending all this time with them, um, even though they're not no longer here. Uh, I feel like they're watching me from somewhere and smiling and laughing and seeing how much attention the book is getting. <laughs> and um, it's it's sort of been oddly joyful. So I appreciate this opportunity to talk to you. Um, and yeah, so that's that's where we stand. Good. Well, glad to hear it. And certainly my my best to you and your family. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about your folks and uh, um, 
wish them the best, uh, you know, as they uh, are on a, on a journey. But I, I wonder if we could start, maybe you'd tell us a little bit about your parents, Harold and Shirley Kobliner, mm-hmm. authors of this wonderful book, so to speak, 11,000 expressions that'll knock your socks off. I just gather from you that there was, a, there was just a great deal of love between your parents and uh, and this book meant so much to you too, because these were family expressions largely. Yes. Well, so basically, they're bo- they were both lifelong New Yorkers. My dad was from the Bronx. My mom was from Queens. And they were happily married for 65 years. Um, they were lifelong educators in the New York City public school system. Um, and my dad grew up very poor, immigrant parents, and his mom had a fourth grade you know, education, so barely spoke English. So he was very, um, he was in a home where he realized he didn't have very much, didn't have much cultural enrichment. Um, so he decided when he was like a teenager to read the dictionary. So he was a word person and he ended up getting a PhD in education. Um, and really devoting his educational career to helping people who are underserved. For example, when he was in the army in the 1950s, um, a requirement came about that soldiers had to get a high school diploma. So he came up with a program to teach soldiers and figure out ways, uh, creative ways that they can get their diplomas. And um, it was a very successful program, a sort of tutoring, mentoring program. Um, And he was picked as Soldier of the Month, and Mm. they launched a parade for him in New York. And the New York Post had a headline saying, Bronx Boy Makes Good. (laughs) (laughs) So he then, like, he was um, a, a teacher, a history teacher, then a principal, uh, of a junior high school in Queens. Um, and he was always a champion for, for example, students with special needs. At that time in New York, kids didn't have special needs, students in special needs classes didn't have art or music. And he made sure his students did, and it became a role model for New York City. Um, he also then became chairman of what's called the Board of Examiners, which was an organization that wanted to make sure teachers are qualified to teach in the subjects they're supposed to be teaching. So a math teacher should know math and an English teacher. So he really was always fighting for children. Um, and my mom, she was a chemistry major, which was unusual in her day. Um, she was also an excellent writer. Um, and she loved being a mother and a grandmother. And she had a real joy of life. So the two of them, you know, for 65 years, they met when my mom was 16, my dad was 17. And um, they started uh, this project when they were in their 70s. Um, And so to speak was a project that it grew out of their love of words, love of each other, love of family. And like you said, it's 11,000 expressions that they collected over time. Um, and I think the main point is they know expressions were more than words. They tell a story of who you are, where you grew up, when you grew up. Um, so that was important to hear people's expressions and trade expressions and talk about expressions. And also they felt learning should be fun. I love that story. Thank you. I, I love words too. And, um, it's really nice to hear you talk about your, your parents in that way, especially your father uh, p- helping those that are um, deserving but uh, underserved. So mm-hmm. lo- lovely reminiscence. Uh, well, I wonder. Let's let's talk specifically about the book and 
you know, where that all came from, because certainly there are 11,000 expressions. <laughs> and you kind of you allude to this idea that we share or that we we um, pass along expressions. I wonder what what was your role in all of this as daughter? And you obviously listened attentively. Right, <laughs> and, uh, right, right. Well, basically, you know, it came, the book came about when they were reading um, a picture book to their grandson's class, my son Jacob's class. Um, and as my mom was reading, the kids started to squirm around. They're only five-year-olds. And my mom said, oh, it looks like you all have ants in your pants. <laughs> and the kids went wild. They're like, ants, ew, oh no. You know, they laughing, screaming. And my dad said, well, you know, he explained what ants in your pants meant. And they started talking about what are some other insect expressions. And one kid said social butterfly. And then my son snug as a bug in a rug and busy as a bee. And they, the kids sort of really enjoyed that, ex, you know, that experience of talking about expressions. And my parents had such a wonderful time that on the drive home, they looked at each other and said, this would make a great book. And so they began collecting expressions and they did it, like I said, in their 70s. And they did it for over 13 years. And the result is so to speak. Um, and what they what was interesting is they started jotting down expressions from everyday life, whether from they heard it on TV or listened to the radio or in conversations with, with each other or the guy down the street who, you know, worked at the grocery store or the theater. They would go to, you know, New York, go to a lot of theater in the newspaper. Um, and they practiced what they call the art of listening. And they did not use Google and they did not look at any other existing books of expressions. Um, but they did this for more than a decade, just listening and writing things down. And honestly, when they first started, we we're like, okay, mom and dad, you know, my brothers and I were saying, great, glad you have this cute little hobby. <laughs> but it turned out that, you know, it became a family affair. And suddenly we started getting involved. And my husband, who's a scientist, would be up till all hours in the hours of the morning, writing down expressions, trying to get some that my, my parents didn't have in the book already. So it became, and my dad, I mean, the funny story is at one point when they had 8,000 expressions, they knew they wanted to get to 10,000, they met 11,000. But my dad said, okay, I'm going to give each kid, each new expression I get, you're going to get a dollar. And so my kids, you know, my brother's kids were so excited about this. After three weeks, my dad said, that's it. I'm going broke. No more money for expressions. But by that time, we were all addicted. So we all loved the, you know, the game of trying to come up with expressions that they didn't have in the book. Um, and it became, you know, this wonderful thing that we all put away our phones maybe for a little bit and didn't have our iPads out or, you know, texting under the table. But we were talking and in, you know, sort of intergenerational exchange, which really, I think, is the heart of So to Speak. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds so, you know, like such a, a deep family connection was made. I know that in my research uh, of the process that you all went through, that your your scientist husband uh, wrote an algorithm for this, I, be I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Because my parents, you know, it's funny, they started with, they, my, you know, their depression generation, right? So like your mom, and they came, you know, born, they were both born in 1929. Um, and when they first started writing down expressions, 
they would um, write it on these shirt cardboards. So, you know, when you get, you know, a shirt dry cleaned and you have it folded, the dry cleaner leaves the, this like nice piece of cardboard in the freshly pressed shirt so it doesn't wrinkle. So my mom over the years would save them for scrap paper because mm -hmm. why would you ever throw away this beautiful <laughs> cardboard? Exactly. I um, mean, she would talk about it like that. Uh -huh. She loved it. And so they started writing expressions on those. So I literally have over a hundred pieces of cardboard filled in with expressions, handwritten, categorized, the body chapter, you know, the home chapter, the the gambling chapter, all of them. And um, and in the book, I have pictures of them in the inside cover, which everyone seems to go crazy over because you see how this was this was a couple writing these things down and they eventually switched to legal pads. And then eventually my husband's like, you got to get on Excel. So he set up a computer for them. Um, and so that was a way to keep track of them. But at, but it's very difficult, apparently, to to track and you think, oh, a computer, an algorithm, no problem. It's actually qu complicated to find, to do an algorithm that checks for duplicates. So my husband like, helped, you know, figured that out. And so they can see whether they had duplicates. And one of the fun things that sort of, I know my parents are smiling about wherever they are, is that, um, that we, I've sent the book to lexicographers, which are people who write dictionaries and word experts. And the, the praise the book has gotten, not just that it's, oh, it, they said, oh, it's fun. It's great. It's a wonderful family activity, but they say it's a real, real important development in computational linguistics because with a computer, you can't really, apparently it's very difficult to come up with and sort multi-word expressions, but they were doing it with old fashioned pencil and paper and, or cardboard and writing them down. So it kind of, it, it serves a purpose, you know, I've been told that that it's sort of a very important archive of 11,000 expressions that people just sat and wrote up. And I think that's the beauty of it. Hey, it's Paul, and I want to take a quick moment and tell you about our sponsor today, HelloFresh. And we'll be right back with Beth Kobliner and her wonderful perspective on her parents' book, so to speak. You're going to want to know more about these fantastic family sayings, these expressions, and all the witty games that will knock your socks off. We talk about the whole enchilada, so to speak. So please stay tuned. I'll say it again. Our sponsor today is HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh? HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. And here's why. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh offers 10 to 20 minute meals tops, low prep recipes, quick breakfasts and lunches, perfect for all of the busy schedules that we have these days. With 25 plus recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone. Certainly it's something for everyone in our family to enjoy. All the recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness <laughs> and simplicity. I've really taken it upon myself to eat healthier since the quarantine began, and my goal is to eat healthier still, which is easier with low-cal, carb-smart, vegetarian, and pescatarian options 
all from HelloFresh. Every week, no matter what you choose, every single recipe is packed with fresh produce and sourced directly from farmers. It's especially important to me to cut down on grocery bills and food waste right now. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients, so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on our planet and our wallets. This week, we tried the Pork Flautas Supreme. Awesome. Pico de gallo and lime crema was included. Wow, fantastic. And simple and so enjoyable to eat and prepare for our family. Next on our list is the Smothered Pepper Jack Burgers. I'm excited about them. You get barbecue potato wedges, and it is exciting to have this all ready for us, and my wife is excited too. There's so much to love about HelloFresh, and my family agrees. We are cooking together these days, and the kitchen is busy and active, but our favorite HelloFresh recipes with all the ingredients make it super fun to do that. My mouth is watering right now, and I'm sure yours is too. So please go to HelloFresh.com slash NotOldBetter12 and use the code NotOldBetter12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. We're going to put all of this in the show notes, but remember that's HelloFresh.com slash NotOldBetter12 and use the code NotOldBetter12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. I know you're going to enjoy HelloFresh. And remember, stay tuned for more with Beth Kobliner. The book is a lot of fun. We're with Beth Kobliner. Beth is talking to us today about the wonderful book by her parents, Shirley and Harold Kobliner. The book's titled So to Speak, 11,000 Expressions That'll Knock Your Socks Off. I've got a copy of the book right here in my hands, Beth. I've enjoyed it so much. We've shared it in, in our family, and, it, and it's just it's just chock-a-block full of just these great phrases and witty things that we we hear all around us, but you know, there are these great games that are in the book too that are really very entertaining. We've played some as a family. Mm. I have a favorite. Mine is um, real or fake. I think mm. I, I, I really love that. And I wonder if you tell us a little bit about the games. Maybe share what's your favorite, and then um, right, and then play play one with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would love to. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, what's been what my parents realized that one way to get into the book is through games. You know, some people like to just flip through the book and read it and read it out loud. And you could turn to any random page. And, you know, it's just fun. Like, uh, I'm just picking up something. Let's see here. Colors. So the colors. So there's White-collar crime, white-collar worker, white elephant, white-glove treatment, white knight, white heat. You know, you can go on and on, and it's almost like poetry. But you can also do games, which brings it to life. Um, And again, fun intergenerationally. Um, so actually I love real or fake. Mm -hmm. That's one of, that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites and we can Mm -hmm. play that. Um, but, uh, the other thing I just wanted to say before we do is that, The book also has hundreds of vintage illustrations um, that are really beautiful. And the publisher, Simon & Schuster, um, they came up with this idea to use these these illustrations uh, that were in the public domain. Mm. So they were all free, but they're Mm -hmm. beautiful. And um, so on the cover, for example, there's an elephant in the room standing for (laughs) elephant in the room. 
or an early bird chewing on a worm, early bird catches the worm, that kind of thing. So for visual learners, that's one of the games that makes the book so fun that you could flip to any page and try to guess what it is. But okay, so let's start real or fake. No more stalling. <laughs> You're going to tell me if this expression, Paul, is real All right. or fake. Okay, I'm in. Okay. The first one. It's darkest beneath the lighthouse. Is that real or fake? I think that's real. Correct. Very good. All right. Some people get tripped up with that one. Yeah, that, that it's it's sense. a longer one. So it's a little makes sense because you think the lighthouse, it's throwing light out mm-hmm. to the water, but mm-hmm. right by the lighthouse, it's dark. You know, you mm. it doesn't have yep. light. Okay. Blurry as powder in water. Real or fake? I think that one's gotta be real too. And that one's fake. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Right, one for one, one now, bad. Okay. Yellow dog <laughs> contract. Is that a real expression or a fake expression? I think that one's real too. I think I've heard that one Very good. several times. Yep. Okay. Yes. That means um that if you go to a job, an employer, and they say, Well, I'll hire you, but you can't have to promise you won't join a union. That's a yellow dog contract. Now that's mm. illegal. In you know the mm. 1920s, it wasn't. So that very good. Okay. Um, even the smartest cow is illiterate. Is that real or fake? That one just strikes me as fake. Oh, you're good, Paul. Hey. That one usually trips people up. My husband made that one up. I, love that <laughs> I like that one. No. <laughs> that, that ought to be. <laughs> right. Now here's, here's a regional one. The whole Megillah. Oh yeah. Is that real or fake? Yeah, I know my um I have a a strong connection to <laughs> the, the Jewish faith. <laughs> Jewish I I definitely <laughs> have heard that. One. <laughs> yes, it's fun because that's like it means the whole thing, mm. the whole Megillah. <laughs> um but some people are like, "Oh, is that Irish? Is that this?" You know, people. All right, last one. Um a collier's mansion, real or fake? Uh, I'm going to go fake on that one. Yeah, that one's real. It's very mm-hmm. strange. And it's it's based mm-hmm. on this story in New York City. There were these two brothers who were basically like pack rats. And it's sort of a sad story. But they were the Collier brothers. And they, their home just filled up with stuff. So if something's like overwhelming with papers and like my desk right now, I'm glad you can't see it. He's, oh, <laughs> it looks like a Collier's mansion. <laughs> All right, that's good. So the next <laughs> game, if you're ready, is Mrs. Mm-hmm. Malaprop. Yep. So, okay, we'll just jump right in. Ah, uh, okay. Is it home to home in or to hone in? I think it's to hone in. Well, it's actually, I thought that too, but it's actually to home in. Uh, that it to home in means to get closer. But over, you know, decades, people started saying hone in, which is really means to sharpen. So it's, it's, it's people, almost everyone thought it was mm-hmm. to hone in only like English teachers have said <laughs> home in. Um, okay, is it champing at the bit or chomping at the bit? I think it's written champing at the bit, but I do think everyone pronounces it chomping at the bit. Exactly right, Paul. <laughs> You're exactly right. Um, is it to clinch the deal or to cinch the deal? Here, I think this one is to cinch the deal. No, it's to clinch the deal mm. because clinch is in the sense of making something final. He clinched the deal, mm. but cinch is more like what you do, like a belt around a waist, but almost to a person, everyone thinks it's cinch the deal. That's a good one. That's a yeah, good that one. is a good one. All right. Mm. Last one of this type doggy dog world or dog eat 
dog world. I think this one's a dog eat dog world. Correct. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I, for years, thought it was doggy dog because that's how, especially in New York, people like doggy dog world. <laughs> so with their <laughs> yeah, right. accents, it, it sounds like doggy. Um, okay. So this last game is a fun one. It's called origin stories. So I'm going to give you an expression and you can tell me which of these two possibilities is the real origin of this expression. So we have cold feet, you know, to get Mm -hmm. cold feet. Is it one frostbite of the feet was such a common problem in 19th century England that mothers would warn against getting cold feet as their children left for school or is it two, a military term that referred to warriors with cold feet not being able to rush into battle? I think it's two. I think it's a military term. You're right. You're very good at this. And you're, you have hey, confidence. I'm Most old. Most people do not. <laughs> <laughs> you really um, Okay. Crocodile tears. Um, so crocodile tears. Okay. So is it one? It was believed that crocodiles weep while devouring their prey, which has since been proven by scientists. Or two, similar to snake oil, crocodile tears were sold as a health tonic by 19th century peddlers. Boy, that I'm going to just, this is a guess on this one, Beth. I just don't know. I think it's got to be, it's got to be kind of a snake oil. Yeah, it's the other. I know. Is it? Is that it? Co- crocodiles, I know. That one is a tricky one. Crocodiles, actually, when they eat their prey, apparently, I've never tested this one out, yeah. but they, they weep or they have, you know, water, salty water coming out of their eyes okay. and they're devouring their prey, which is kind of a funny idea that, yeah, they're yeah. crying, but then they're eating you. So how, how <laughs> right. sad really are they? Um, hence the description. And it's weird how expressions bring back memories. Uh-huh. I remember I had a very, hmm, I'll say strict third grade teacher who would yell at this, at students and say, those are, and the kids would cry and she'd say, those are crocodile tears. And I remember going home and saying to my mother, what is crocodile tears? I never heard of that before. So it's funny, like smells almost, I feel like Mm -hmm. expressions kind of trigger a memory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. The last one, this is for the big money. Okay. 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 Honeymoon period. Is it one, in the fifth century, newlyweds drank a spirit made from honey during their first month of marriage, which was one moon cycle, to grant them fertility and good luck? Or is it two, Shakespeare originated this term in the comedy Much to Do About Nothing, Much Ado About Nothing, um, to, uh, to, um, encourage happiness during a long marriage. Boy, you know, that's a tough one too. I, I'm almost, I, I suppose I'm a little torn on this one. I'm going to go with one. I'm going to go with the first one that it is. Correct. That, okay. Shakespeare, Shakespeare is a good, that's a good, uh, kind good of diversion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> <laughs> fun. Right. Yeah. So, right. In the, so it was like fifth set. There's a drink called mead. Uh-huh. It's a spirit made from honey. So yeah. Yeah. So I know I, I sort of put in the much ado about nothing. I stumped. Nice touch. Very nice you touch. Call? I am super impressed. Your mother is going to be very proud. <laughs> uh, this is fantastic. Did you say she's an English teacher? She, she was. was. She taught yeah, public school well, English. Yep. And so she did her son. You did her, your mother proud. <laughs> well, I should say. another fun expression. Yes. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's fun to 
play the games because you just you just do learn about these kind of these moments in time when you've heard some of these yeah. throughout family. I wonder have you, have you missed any expression? Do, do people? I, I I will bet that uh, that people are getting in touch with you and say, "Oh, I've got one," and I looked for it in the book and didn't find it. It probably is there, but do you do you think that you've missed some? Yes, and it's funny because sometimes people say, "Aha, you missed one." Labor of love, and then they say, and I'll they say, "I looked all through love; it's not there." I'm like, "Ah, but it's in uh, work. Mm-hmm. It's labor mm-hmm. of love," and that's kind of one of the fun, kind of quirky parts of the book too. That my parents often categorized expressions by a key word rather than literal meaning, um, which led, which makes it very entertaining to read. For example, in food, uh, there's baked to the cake and easy as pie and cool as a cucumber and egg on your face. But then you'll find weird ones like grilled by the police, grilled, or to curry favor or mint condition. You think, oh, is that in automobiles? You know, one of the categories that, nope, it's mint condition is in food because of mint. Um, so as you go through the book, there are lots of fun surprises, which really stem from, again, my parents sitting together, you know, in the living room, going through 11,000 expressions and deciding how to categorize it. And that's what makes it so much fun and so unique for sure. But um, in terms of family expressions, you know, one of my favorite stories is my parents have a friend, Diane, who loved to use her mother's old Irish expression, as fast as O'Grady's dog. <laughs> and that would describe someone or something that's being done too quickly. Like, stop eating your lunch. You're eating as fast as O'Grady's dog. You're doing it too quickly. So one day, Diane met her mother's childhood friend who started telling Diane all about the old neighborhood And she mentioned, oh, your mom lived next to this family, the O'Grady's, and they had this really frisky dog who would always run out of their house no matter any time the door opened. And suddenly at that moment, it hit Diane that as fast as O'Grady's dog, it wasn't an old Irish expression at all. It was a personal (laughs) one known only to her mother's neighborhood in (laughs) Ireland. But, you know, her mom used it. They moved to New York. Diane used it. Then Diane's kids used it. Diane's Friends, you know, kids of friends used it. Everyone was using this expression that was not an old Irish expression, but it's a fun example of how expression, expressions get passed around. And in the back of the book, my parents very deliberately left um, a few uh, blank pages and they explained this was the express yourself section of the book where families could write in either their own family expressions or expressions that are not in the book. And there definitely have been people writing in to give, you know, examples of expressions they couldn't find. And once we sort of cross check it in different ways, there have been a few. Um, And it's, it's sort of um, a lovely way to sort of, again, generations talking through expressions. You know, I just opened the book to blow a gasket. What does that mean? (laughs) You know, chances are a grandparent will know that one, (laughs) but probably not a 15 year old (laughs) or, all these expressions that we've used, and, and you know, what's interesting also is that expressions may mean the same thing, but change over time. For example, in my day, you'd say, if you want to gossip, you dish the dirt. And young people today say to spill the tea. Tea is gossip. So it's just the tea. Or I'll call my husband my sweetheart and my daughter call her boyfriend her bae. So terms change, but often have a similar uh, meaning. And it's fun to sort of discuss that. And I think 
for my parents, that was really the hook of all this. Um, you know, like I said, so my mom passed away a couple of years ago um, as the book was almost finished. And my dad said, you know what, I'm not going to keep going on this. It's too sad. I don't want to do it. And then friends would send him expressions and they'd say, okay, Harold, even at my mom's, you know, memorial afterwards, people were like, oh, here's an expression. I think Shirley would like this one. And, you know, a woman of valor, you know, that was something that came up and he said, all right, I'm going to finish the book. And he spent the last couple of years finishing up the book. And although he didn't get to see the actual final book to hold in his hands, he did um, know it was going to be published by Simon and Schuster. So he was so proud about that. And he also saw the cover. Simon and Schuster sent us a bunch of covers and he picked the one he wanted, but he was very exacting. He said, if you're going to put, you know, an elephant on the cover, cause they first just put an elephant. He's like, Nope, you need a room around that elephant. He was always an educator. If you're going to put, you know, a book, you need to show an open book because that's an expression or feather in your cap. You have to really see what it is. He wanted them to be guessable. Um, and throughout, you know, their lives, I'd say their, you know, their last part of their lives together, this was a way to connect with each other, connect with young people, connect with their community. And even, you know, sadly, when their bodies were not doing so well, their minds, both of them, my mom had Parkinson's, um, and my dad was 90 when he passed away. Um, and they were both sharp as tacks, which is an expression <laughs> to the, to the very end. And I'm not a doctor, but I always wonder, is it because they were always looking at these expressions and talking about them and sharing them with other people? And I think, you know, that was, that is the beauty of the book. And they wanted it to spark conversations, especially intergenerational conversations, um, but people of all ages, I feel like it's a good date book. You know, if you go on a date and you put it on the coffee table and you, I mean, it just, it can't, you can't help but talk about expressions. Well, uh, Beth Koblenner, we, we so appreciate your, your talking to us today about expressions and sharing your family story. What a, what a wonderful family you have and what a wonderful book. As I say, I've got it right here in my hands. It's so well done. I love the illustrations and I love all of the various expressions as well as the, as the artwork. Mm. You also are a very accomplished writer in, in yourself and you've, you've written some wonderful books and you, you're a journalist and you're just this great reporter. So I wonder, we'll just wrap this up real quick because I, I know you're always, you're, you're very busy, but do you have any expression questions for me? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, funny you should ask. Um, uh, first of all, do you have a favorite expression? I don't know if there's even historical expression you like because I well, know you work with the Smithsonian or, 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 or any family expression you used growing up. Yeah. And so- so that, that that's a great question. As as we've been talking today, I was thinking about my own father and and expressions that he would use. He he was uh, born here in the United States, but to immigrant parents uh, from Holland, and um, and so he always would use the you know he would be he'd be on a warpath. He would say, "I'm I'm on the warpath right now," and, <laughs> and we knew that he meant business. We had to get right. out of the way. We better we right. better hustle about to make sure and. Uh, uh, comply, but that that was a phrase of his. I also mm. like the various. Uh, I I 
you know, at 64, I have to try and stay as fit as possible to keep mm. up with all everything I do. And so I loved all the the fitness expressions, too. Mm-hmm. I think those are those are wonderful. Mm. Um, you know, uh, eye on the prize and, yes. you know, make sure to um, fit as a fiddle, all of that. Stuff <laughs> yeah. So some of those were, were my favorites. I really like, though, the advice from mm. the grandparents to the grandkids, because that was a wonderful part of uh, the book. And it made me think about about my own grandparents, mm. you know, immigrants who, you know, uh, seek and ye shall find, you know, they would always yes. say, you know, that was the advice oh, they would give. Absolutely. And like my parents, they would, my dad would always say, well, first of all, you know, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Mm-hmm. And I say this to my kids all the time. <laughs> and he made up one that was a total family expression. We do what we have to do, not what we want to do, which uh, sounds a little tough, but it was a good motto. Mm-hmm, and my kids, mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, every few weeks, one of them will say, yeah, I have to do what I want to do, not what I want to do what I have to do, not what I want to do. Or my mom would always say, don't burn the candle at both ends. And I remember thinking like, hmm, candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, but it 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 is interesting. Um you know, too many cooks spoil the broth or, (laughs) and we have a whole chapter here on expressions. My Nana would say, uh, my grandmother, um, and she spoke Yiddish. They didn't, we didn't put Mm -hmm. Yiddish in this time. Maybe that'll be the follow-up version, but, um, you know, dumb as an ox and it's a drop (laughs) in a bucket. And, uh, it's just, uh, you know, fit, fit as a fiddle. I just saw that one again. I'll fix his wagon. You know, all of those that are little stories and fun thinking about whether it's little kids like these five-year-olds who got crazy about ants in your pants, thanks <laughs> to them, my parents, you know, wrote this book, um, to a way to kind of hook teenagers when they're sick of talking about uh, all the problems in the world and all the, you know, controversy. And sometimes it's just fun to talk about something that's not really uh, controversial at all. Um, although I, <laughs> there are more, uh, positive male expressions in the book than female expressions. I noticed mm-hmm. like there's Dapper Dan and Good Time Charlie and Jolly Roger, mm-hmm. Joe Sixpack. But for women, there's like Debbie Downer and Nervous <laughs> Nelly and Lazy <laughs> Susan. So <laughs> That is funny. We have, I'm, I'm a member of the, uh, the Latter-day Saint Church, and we have expressions mm-hmm. that are like Molly Mormon, you know, for mm-hmm. for, oh. for those very specific, uh, you know, uh, young women who fit the mold of, of exactly what you're supposed to be mm-hmm. and how you're supposed to. But it's a little <laughs> negative, right? It's almost it's like a slight negative. Perfect. It too is perfect. almost too perfect. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Yes. And so, it's funny how that these things develop over time and they're more sad expressions than happy ones. Like there are three times as many about the devil and hell related expressions <laughs> than there are about <laughs> angels in heaven. Mm-hmm. So, you know, deal with the devil, devil in the details, snowballs, chance in hell, you know, and mm-hmm. is that because maybe it's frightening or, you know, dealing with subjects that are scary for people maybe. And so you use expressions to kind of make it seem not so scary because they're sort of fun. It's it's interesting to think about the origins of these expressions and guess at what they are, which is one of the games like we played um, to really kind of think through language and the, the amazing, you know, the incredible uh, language that of English that we have um, and either other countries. I, I saw that in, I think it's in, um, 
Scotland, they say, oh, he got his beard ca- caught in the mailbox, which is basically the same as your hand caught in the cookie huh. jar. So- <laughs> oh, okay, good. That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Well, Beth Kobleiter, what a what a wonderful opportunity it is to talk to you about this fantastic book by your parents, Shirley Kobleiner and Harold Kobleiner. Again, the name of the book is So to Speak, 11,000 Expressions That'll Knock Your Socks Off. And um, we're going to put links up to where our audience can find out more information about the book, more information about you, Beth, and uh, your wonderful family. And, and you know, as you write this next book, and I, and I know you will, please... Um, I'd love to talk to you again. And thank you thank so you. much for your time and for sharing the wonderful book. I These really, stories are really fantastic. enjoyed it. And it's so much fun. It's so clear you enjoyed it and you're good at it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Just in case listeners want to see, uh, there's so to speak book.com, which has lots of free games and cute pictures of my parents from, you know, when they met to, you know, their, their, uh, my mother's 85th birthday, um, uh, where she actually had me make a dress, a purple Heartline neck, sweetheart neck, it's called. The exact look, the same dress, same type of dress that she was wearing when my father met her when she was 16. So it's it's sweet. But so to speak book.com and hashtag so to speak book if people want to send me expressions that they think we missed or their favorites. Um, but this was so much fun. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again. Yeah, we will put links up to so to speak.com and hashtag this and get this out into everybody's hands. I can't recommend it highly. It is just a lot of fun, the book itself. And it's been so much fun to catch up with you too, Beth Kobliner. Good luck with everything. Stay safe and my best to you and your family. To you too, Paul. Thanks. Thank you to sponsor HelloFresh for sponsoring the show today. My special thanks to Beth Kobliner for her generous time today. And my thanks to you, my dear, not old better show audience for your company today. And I hope you'll join me next time. Be safe, be healthy. Please get in line for the vaccine and practice smart social distancing. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. 